Hi, you're listening to WRBH Radio, 88.3 FM. This is your host of New Orleans by Mouth, Chef Amy Sins. And today in the studio, I have a new friend with me. Her name is Miss Ann Maloney, and she is with NOLA.com. She is a food writer, a food lover, and someone who uh, I think probably has one of the coolest jobs out there. <laughs> Thanks for joining me, Ann. I'm delighted to be here. I, you know, when I said I think she has one of the coolest jobs out there, I think we're fortunate no matter what living in South Louisiana with the amount of food. But to have a job that is focused on food, what is that like? Uh, it's really fantastic. I I moved. I'm from here originally. I was born in New Orleans, and I had moved away for more than a dozen years. And I came back in 2004 and was um, arts and entertainment editor for the Times-Picayune and NOLA.com. And I was Judy Walker's editor for a long time. And I really envied her in her job. I loved her job. I loved editing her copy. You know, we would talk about stories. So when she retired, and now she writes for us every other week, I had the opportunity to step into that role. And I have just had a great time. I've only been doing it about a year. I have learned so much about New Orleans, so much about cooking. I'm a better cook. And I'm getting to know New Orleans in a way that I, I didn't know was possible getting in people's homes, getting behind the swinging doors in restaurants, all of that. So it's a blast. I love it. So I have to ask, did you put on any weight when you started this job? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a, my mind is spinning, and I'm like, oh, my God, eating at restaurants, eating, writing stories about food, you have to taste it. <gasps> yeah. I don't know if I'd have the self-control. It's a challenge, but I think it's a challenge for anybody who works in food, um, and some of us are better at it than others, and some of us have better metabolism for it than others. Um but yeah, uh, but I love to eat, and I've always loved to eat. You just have to move. You have to keep moving. You have to keep moving. Yeah. If you look back over the last year, are there any things that you go, oh, my goodness, I was so glad I got to eat this. This was oh one of the tops. Or did you, is there anything where you go, yeah, I don't ever need to eat that again. I'm done. Well, the good thing about the things that I don't like is that I, I have no reason to—I'm not a critic. So I have no reason to call attention to um, if someone sends me a recipe that doesn't work and so forth. I don't have to say that. And so I like that. There's a positivity in what I'm doing that, that I think is is really fun. And I'm not holding, as a home cook writer, I'm not really holding people's feet to the fire. I'm trying to explore how they eat, how they cook, how their family history, their culture, their ethnic background, all of that goes into what they make at home. So that's where my focus is. But I've had so many things that were amazing. Um, I'll try to think of some. I had, um, I had a, um, a, one of the very first stories I did was how to make steak at home. And I've made steaks many times and um, now know how to make them really well and how to get the meat just the right temperature and just the right doneness. And it made, it's made a difference in my life from that story for a whole year, you know, every time I've made steak, I make steak better. And that's what I want to do in stories. I want to tell people how to do things so that, that they take that with them for the rest of their cooking life. We've done biscuits. We've done cooking with figs. We've And most recently I did eggs, which was, you know, I do eat a lot of eggs, eat a lot of steak, eat a lot of okra, eat a lot of figs. When I'm doing those things, I do kind of reach a saturation point. So maybe <laughs> that's the negative on it. I don't know. <laughs> But it, it's pretty uh, can be pretty intense when it comes digging well, deep. 
It sounds to me like it's a learning process for you, but providing, you know, education for your readers and uh, through your own experiences, trial and error, you're learning and able to share that. So let's let's talk a little bit about eggs because, you know, if you're going to get your your chef hat and you want to get your pleats in your toque, you need to master some egg dishes. Mm-hmm. And eggs can be intimidating for people. And even for master chefs, there are situations where sometimes things don't always go as planned. Mm-hmm. And uh, though the egg may seem very simple, it's not always... Super simple. No, and it's a it's almost like a magical food to me because it's in everything, not everything, but you know, it's in baked goods. It's you know, it's way beyond breakfast. Every recipe you pull up that has a you know a rich sauce and casseroles and all sorts of things. Like I went back and I was looking at a mac and cheese recipe from Irma Thomas, and it had six eggs in it. Wow! And it's basically it was like a cheese custard with noodles. And so I looked at a bunch of recipes like that, but what I decided to focus on was sort of mastering the basics. So I looked at how to boil an egg so that it's easy to peel. Um, and so what is the secret out, to that? Well, you know, it, it stirred quite a bit of controversy I among bet. readers who took issue with the way that I say to boil eggs, which I have had absolutely 100% success with, so I stand behind it. Um, I start in a cold pot. Mm-hmm. I bring it to a boil, and then I let it... Um, then I turn the fire off and I let the eggs stay in the pot for eight to 10 minutes. It can go as long as 12 minutes and then run them under a ice cold water or a bath. Or then I just roll the egg on the counter, crack it all up, peel it. And it's perfect. You don't have the eggshell cracking with the whites coming out and going to the, you know, but a lot of people like to start in hot water. See, that's funny because I do the cold water too, but I never thought about doing that was the way I learned how to do it you know right. it's like what your mama taught you it's the way that's the right, right. way <laughs> and, well that's true but I, I I actually learned this from other chefs because I was doing it in a different way when I was and I was kind of hit and miss you know I would do it different ways but then people started telling me you should put salt in the water and you should put baking soda in the water you should put vinegar in the water and that makes the eggs easier to peel so I'm planning to what I like to do when when readers give me ideas and I love to hear from readers is like, okay, now I'm going to go home and I'm going to try to boil an egg with baking soda and salt and, and vinegar and see if it makes any difference. I can't imagine that it will, but I could be wrong. I mean, there's science that goes into all of that. Um, so I did that and then I did how to fry an egg because when we were kids, we would fill a cast iron skillet with about a quarter inch of vegetable oil heat it up, and fry the egg. So it's almost like deep frying an egg. I mean, that's how Honey we did egg, it. egg, right? Yeah, and that is not a great that's healthy right. way to have an egg, you know. So then I went the opposite extreme, and I would get like a nonstick skillet, and I would not put any fat in, and I'd fry the egg. And then it was like a rubber, a little piece of rubber. So kind of came up with this method of starting in a little bit of oil and then adding some butter for richness and then frying the egg. And you get that little, I love that little crunchy little crispy brown. Bit. Yeah. Oh, yes. So I did that, and then we did just how to scramble so they're custody and light. And um, um, let's see, I did uh, boiled, fried, poached. Poached, yeah, that's one of my favorites. Poached, I made the most beautiful poached egg I've ever made in my life, Just and I was able to replicate it. And that is the, that's the thing. If I can replicate, um, then I feel like, okay, now I've got it. If I can do it over and over again, okay, I've mastered it. And so then I get to walk away from that feeling like, I've done You've that. mastered it. Now, next, I will not, I'm not going to do this tomorrow or anytime, but I plan to do omelets and then maybe some egg dishes, but I need a little 
I need a little break from eggs. Okay, well, when you get ready to get back on the egg bandwagon, call me because I will teach you the secrets of the smoked egg. Oh, and, okay. And I, I haven't, re- I've gotten many requests and I've been really sneaky about not telling anybody really? because my Hogs for a Cause team sells them at the, <laughs> at the fest and I don't want everyone stealing it. But, uh, you know, I, for me, there are two things that I like about eggs. This time of year, I love a good egg salad. It's mm-hmm. like the only time of year. And uh, I will, you know, taste egg salad at different places. Mm-hmm. I will say that I really like the one at Langenstein's. Uh, because it's about the yolk and having more yolk to white. But I also love any kind of runny yolk egg. And whether it's it's uh, poached or a fried egg or right now I'm doing a lot with those uh, with the immersion circulator and a sous vide egg mm-hmm. where I can just like spread it like butter. You know, but the egg is simple, delicious and it's everything you need. <laughs> well, it's funny because Todd Price, my colleague, dining writer, he has he's into sous vide. So he told me he was going to do a sous vide egg for me. So we're going to have to I'll have to hold his feet to the fire yeah. to do that for me. You absolutely need to. And there's, you know, this past weekend uh, for my mother-in-law's birthday, I said, we're going to make homemade ice cream. So I made an ice cream custard and I made a double batch and I said, Miss Janet, will you grab me some eggs from the grocery store? And she goes, how many do you need? And I said, 19. She was like, you're crazy. Okay. But we ended up in our double batch of ice cream, 19 egg yolks. And there was something about that combination of heavy cream, milk, and egg yolks that provides the best mouthfeel ever whenever you're when you're eating a dish like that. It, it's just it's just a, a really comforting. It reminds you of childhood. It, it just makes you feel good. And in moderation. In moderation. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. This past weekend I had a few too many gold brick eggs. Right, so maybe. right. Exactly. <laughs> so moderation probably is the key. I think so. Well, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, with your job and dining out and all the things that are happening in the city. And we just, you know, recently had French Quarter Fest Mm -hmm. and coming up, we have Jazz Fest. And when people come in from out of town, I usually tell them they have to take two school, one of two schools of thought, eat a whole bunch of food for the weeks coming up to your trip so you can stretch your stomach so you can maximize your dining or you need to, you know, wait and then eat everything you can in that moment. But either way, the key is you have to eat every three hours in New Orleans mm-hmm. or you like it doesn't count. Not even going to scratch the Yes. Right. So when we're, you know, attacking things like French Quarter Fest and Jazz Fest and Hogs for a Cause and something that is happening every weekend in the city surrounded by food, what advice do you have to, how do you manage it and pace it? Um, I think you should bring friends and share. I mean, if you have if you have four people, you don't want to bring too many because I don't like to go to a festival with a lot of people because then everybody wants to do different things and you end up. It's chaos. Yeah, I don't like that. I actually love to go alone and graze on my own, but you can't eat as much. So I think really one of the things I love to do is to get as many dishes as I can and share them with people because then you're getting a bite or two, which is Really, when you're eating, for me, the first bite, two bites, three bites, I really enjoy. And then after that, sometimes I just feel like I'm finishing it. Yes. Except when I'm starving, of course, if I'm really hungry. 
So that's a wonderful way to do it. And so you have like three bites of this and two bites of that and a spoonful of this. So that's what I love to do at French Quarter Fest and at Jazz Fest. And if you can manage it, I, I'd say go for it. Um, and the other thing is to sort of mix it up. You know, Jazz Fest has, well, let's go with French Quarter Fest because that just happened. And we, um, what's fun about French Quarter Fest, they do the same sort of thing that Jazz Fest does in that they have a, a heavily juried food selection. You know, they taste dishes, they test dishes, they go with trusted people, or if they don't know them, they you know, have the food brought in and they, they never have a dish that shows up on the grounds that they haven't They've tasted. never tried. Right. And they know That's what it's going to look like and they know the size of it, all of that. They're very serious about it. It's not like, I think sometimes with so many food festivals that have happened, I kind of get the feeling that people think, oh, I can throw a food fest. But when you see how smoothly it goes at Jazz Fest, how incredibly e easy it looks, it's not that easy when you watch people trying to do it for the first time. Um but French Quarter Fest has new dishes all the time, which yeah. I love because it's fun to go and try new things. And this year they had um, uh, Bratz Y'all came yes. in for the first time. And I thought that was really delicious. I don't even really like those big pretzels. At least I didn't think I did. But you, with that radish cream but cheese that bread? was mm. delicious. That was really good. And then they had, um, yeah, they had a pork brat on a, I think it was pork, on a pretzel bun. That was just wonderful. And then they, you, you just kind of, you know, I wandered through and just tried all the new dishes. That's how I did French Quarter Fest this year because they had 20-something. So Todd and I split them up, and he did 10, and I did 10 or 11. And, you know, and, and the way I was able to do it is just to eat a few bites of each dish. And I can't, you know, I wanted to eat all of some of them, but I couldn't do it, you know. Well, I'm kind of giggling to myself when you said, oh, well, unless you're really hungry, you know, you have to split it up and share it. And the Friday of French Quarter Fest, I was, you know, doing paperwork and I live in the quarter and I had my windows open and I'm watching everybody and I'm like, I'm working, I'm working, but I'm starving. And so by two o'clock, I said, I'm just going to go down there and eat, right? I'm not going to stay. And I worked my way down to the mint and I had a moment with that uh, Korean po' boy the beef, it was like a spicy oh gosh, beef yeah. and kimchi. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, I'm just going to eat a few bites of it and enjoy it. Oh, no, no. Like, I took care of that whole po' boy and realized I was just sitting in the grass by myself, <laughs> enjoying every bite of it. And uh, on Sunday when I went back with my husband, I, I brought my own to-go containers because I said, I'm going to bring that po' boy oh, yeah. home and eat it mm -hmm. for dinner. But when you said share... I also got the feta fries there, and this lady walks by me, and she says, what's that? And I go, it's the feta fries. You want to taste? I have no idea what her first name was. Mm -hmm. I don't know anything mm -hmm. about her. And she was so excited because she didn't want to buy a whole thing of them because she was already Just holding a big it. thing of crawfish. Mm -hmm. She wanted to try it. And I think, you know, there's something about New Orleanians where, yeah, yeah. we become best friends mm -hmm. over food. Well, we, we used to, for Jazz Fest, we used to go out every year and eat every dish on the fairgrounds. We had a posse of people that would go out. It was actually started wow. by, that was actually something that was led by Sharon Litwin and Renee Peck, who used to, Sharon died recently, and Renee is a retired home and gardens editor, but she was an editor of Lanyap, and they used to go with us too, and they really started this like way before my time. Um, and we used to eat every single dish, and then we would pick our favorites for the year. Now we do a spot check. We yeah. don't eat every single dish on the grounds anymore. 
one of the things is that we found like this year they only have one new dish so what we do is we just divide up a whole bunch of people we spot check all around and that first friday and we make sure that everything's up to snuff um but we used to have like a couple of years we had college boys figure out what we were doing and kind of follow us around. Oh, and we would, wow. <laughs> we would give them all our leftovers. <laughs> and it was so those great. smart kids. you don't want to throw it away. As the last thing you want to do is throw food in the trash. I have had to do it, you know, and I yeah. really feel bad about it. I don't want to do it. We've also, you know, offered it to people who just happen to be standing there. If it's something that's shareable, like, you know, there's some things you don't want to, you don't yeah, want to bite into things. a po' boy and hand it off to a stranger necessarily. But if it's if it's like um, boudin balls or something, you know, yeah. you can say, hey, or have these two or have these. So we do that a lot, just hand it off to a person. I think the best thing I had at French Quarter Fest this year was that um, salty pie Sunday from GW Fins, the best oh, new thing. I didn't have that. It's a regular dessert at the restaurant which I have never tried because I always get the apple pie. I eat I too many biscuits and I can't ever. I know, I know. Well, <laughs> I can't that's ever the other get problem. dessert. That's the other problem there. I actually have to put my hand over the plate and tell them to stop. <laughs> and I'm waving. I'm like, bring it on, no, bring it on. No, 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 no. Because I want to eat the fish. But that that was fantastic. So now next time I go, I'm going to have to save room for that. It was just a, it was really malty and it just had this sort of creamy deliciousness, not too sweet. It was really excellent. Well, what is a must not miss at Jazz Fest? What must we try? I I have so many favorite dishes at Jazz Fest. It's really difficult for me to say that, but I'm going to try to dip my toe into it a little bit. Um, that po' boy that you were talking about, the the Korean po' boy um, from Asian Cajun, that and it's usually in food area two, I think. That is one of my favorite po' boys out there. You know, the soft shell crab is good, of course, but I kind of feel like that's one I can get. I can get a good soft shell. I live here. Yes. I can get a good soft shell crab anytime. So for me, the soft shell crab's not essential. And that's what I do when I go to, to Jazz Fest is I look for dishes as a New Orleanian. There's different ways to approach it, right? If you're from out of town, you might want to get the soft shell crab, oh boy, because you might not have another opportunity. Yes. If you live here, I try to look for dishes that New Orleanians aren't going to come across Every day. Every day in a neighborhood restaurant. So it might be that that, that Korean um, uh, po' boy is so good because it has those vegetables on it. And it's just, to me, it's sort of luxurious and it has feels like it's almost good for you. I don't think it is, <laughs> but, you know. Um, we I can also, trick ourselves to right, believe right. whatever. Also the Cochon de po' boy because I don't come across those really well made in a lot of places. So I think that's another po' boy that I love to get out there. Um, if I'm feeling sort of Luxurious. I like to get the trout bake with the. It's just soaked. It's just in a pool of butter. And the with butter, real lump crab meat on top, which is something that I, you know, I hate when people say they have lump crab meat and they don't have lump crab meat. But it's really nice. It may not be lump, but it's really good white sweet crab meat. I really like the. Um, now this is something you can get everywhere, but when, when it's hot, I like to go and get the boon, the the um, Vietnamese salad with the yes. with the shrimp on top. Um, and the thing is, I know Jazz Fest so well that I, I kind of know the food lineup in my mind. Like I can actually sort of take you through food one, through food, not perfectly, you can, you, but you can I map can it out and it. you know exactly where so you're going. It's really great when I'm in a, and it's a, it's a real luxurious thing to have when you're wandering through the grounds and you have a little craving and you know exactly where to head. And so um, I that's what I kind of recommend people do is take a pass through one, take a pass through two, go over to Heritage, look around a little bit, 
and then kind of decide what you want to eat if you're unfamiliar with it. Don't or just print it out on the internet, map yeah, it out, and, map the, it out, and yeah. attack it. But you also, the thing that's so great is there's so many people eating. You can see it. You can ask questions. You know, I think the boudin balls out there are really good. My favorite combo plate is the um, catfish amandine with the stuffed crab and the potato salad. To me, if there's a really good jazz musician playing, I like to get that and then go sit in there with a big um, rose mint tea and just let them... And just chill. Yeah, just relax for a few minutes because I'm working pretty much the whole festival, so I don't get a lot of downtime. But that, to me, I like that because what I like is a, sort of a hot, crunchy, uh, cool, creamy, and then the, the crab is just... That's one of my favorites. Yeah, that. I know that my listeners out there are going to... Or they're probably getting hungry. Just probably, yeah. all this. But I want to change directions a little bit, but, you know, maybe not so much. If we're thinking, you know, Jazz Fest and the fairgrounds and, you know, horse racing, there are other things that you're highlighting during the same period of Jazz Fest mm-hmm. that are focused on food. So exactly. what are you working on? Well, um, one of the things that I've found out, I did a little, I I use social media a lot. Um, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. And I often ask readers questions when I'm not sure if I should go off in a direction. And they're really great. They'll come and tell me, you know, what they think. So I asked, like, if there are a lot of people hosting Kentucky Derby parties. Well, I got all of these names from people. And I just, I didn't realize Kentucky Derby parties were such a big deal in the city. And I found one woman who's she said she and her friends have been doing it for like 50 years. Another woman who's from Kentucky who's doing it, I'm actually going to talk to her soon, for like five to seven years. And she's from Kentucky too. And so they're making these dishes that have a real significance to them in their childhood that their moms made or that they grew up eating. One is the hot and brown, which can either be a casserole or a sandwich, and it sounds just decadent. It just sounds cheesy and meaty and ridiculous. Uh, a derby pie, which has um, um, chocolate chips in it, sounds really good. And then there's this sort of lighter uh, Benedictine dip that sounds really good. So I'm, I'm going to meet with this woman, um, Sarah Fount, and we're going to, she's given me her recipes, and I'm going to make them and bring them to her, and she's going to taste them and let me know how they how they hold up and give me some tips about hosting your own derby party. What do you need to do? What should you have? How do you How do you pull it all together? And that's what readers do for me. I mean, I, I, I'm I, not really an expert on most of what I write about. The readers are, are an expert or the chef is an expert or some, you know, we have really good cooking schools in this town and they're the experts. And I go there and do the reporting and get the information from them and write the pieces. So that's what I'll be doing from for her is just drawing out of her. And I want them to be authentic. I want her to tell me, yes, this is really how we eat it in Kentucky. Just like we want our food to be treated properly Absolutely. and respectfully, I want to do the same thing. Well, do you have a hat? I don't have a hat. <laughs> and that's like, oh, the only I hat. can just see you, <laughs> Anne, like in your kitchen with your hat and gloves, making your <laughs> derby stuff just to get in the spirit. I'm a, I have to go get a hat, right? All I have is a big white beach hat. I have to get something with a little bit of something on it, right? Well, like so let's flowers. throw that out to the listeners and your readers that Anne needs to know where to find the perfect derby Kentucky hat. derby hat Absolutely. to go with the derby pie and the dip and all the other good stuff that you have. Well, I, we only have a few minutes left, but I could sit and talk to you about food all day long. And I think there's there's something that we we need to talk about, and that's where to eat right now and what is happening in this city? It's 
booming in the restaurant business mm-hmm. and restaurants are opening and there are kind of different kinds of restaurants. Mm-hmm. So what are you seeing? Well, think back, you know, just like after Katrina, how we felt about the city and what we were worried about and whether, you know, we were going to lose our culture and whether, you know, so many things about what makes New Orleans, New Orleans, whether they would be here. And the progress has been amazing in many, many ways. We have a long way to go. We have a lot of problems. I'm not, you know, saying that we're perfect, but we... We, we call the dysfunction charming right, and we move on. Yeah. Um, but, um, <laughs> but the restaurant scene has just been unbelievable. I have, you know, two colleagues, Brett Anderson and Todd Price, who really cover the dining scene. And I dip my toe into it a little bit with them. Uh, Todd recently put up uh, uh, a story where he linked to 67 restaurants that have opened between March and of last year and March of this year. Wow. And some of them are second restaurants for existing businesses, but a lot of them are new. And it, it's really interesting that the, the trends, um, national trends show up here, you know, the grilled cheese and different things like that. Um, and we're seeing a lot of... Um, different kinds of food, not, you know, not Creole Italian and not fried seafood and not um, maybe some, not po' boy shops necessarily, but something a little bit different. And some of those have been really celebrated. Mofo's not that new anymore, but that's a good example of one. It's, um, you know, it's a, it's, it's food that you, it's a twist on Vietnamese yeah, food. And it's delicious. It's really good. Those, those um, wings. Those wings. When How the, did you know when I was the, say when that? the Archbishop <laughs> gave everyone um, a little dispensation uh-huh. and said we could eat meat on uh, St. Patrick's Day, I know he had corned beef and cabbage right. in mind, but I went and got the fried chicken wings from Mofo. Okay. <laughs> well, if you like those, you should go to Revel and try their wings okay. in South Carrollton. Those are really good. A wing story would be really good to do about. We have some really good wings in this town. Um, I vote for Manchu too. Okay. If you've been no, there. I haven't been there. Yeah, Manchu. I mean, the salt and the grease, they're, well, yeah. it's all wrong but right. Right, so. right. Yeah, no, they're not. It's not a, a healthy treat, but they are really good. So it's just been it's been great. Um, sometimes Todd invites me to come along when he has to eat, and sometimes Brett invites me to come along when he has to eat, which is really great. It's fun. You have to let him eat all your food. You know, they, yeah. you have to share. But my husband and I share anyway. We never finish. When the waiter comes back, the plates are always switched, absolutely. You know? So, and if there's four people, the plates have gone clockwise around the table. So it's fine with me. But it's really it's it's interesting and and a little scary when you think of all these people investing so much in these places. You hope that they succeed. You hope they can all succeed. It's just, but we is there a saturation point? I don't know. Um, uh, people sure seem excited about them and when the food is good they seem to stick around yeah and that's what you have to you can't open here and not have good food absolutely and i i think new orleanians we we tend to embrace other people's food and then we steal it and call it our own Mm -hmm. um and i think uh chef nina compton is an example of that Uh, you know she came in she embraced new orleans and We've kind of embraced her and claimed her. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, we're seeing that trend in the city of, well, hey, if if you can come in, you can hang and you can throw down some good food and keep us happy. Well, we're going to love you back. Well, I I always (laughs) tell the story about her because I met her and I liked her so much. I just liked her as a person. She's She's a nice lady. Really nice person and and kind and open. And I, but I hadn't tasted her food, and I was like, please let her food be good. Like, and it was. It was delicious. And so I was really grateful for that because I like her so much, and I, I, I do. That's a really – it's one of the places that 
you know, Brett chose that as the restaurant of the year for the first time we named one, and he chose that for uh, 2016. So, and, and I love that. And, you know, in this town, we do have so many restaurants, and we have the old restaurants where, you know, if I'm going to Arno's, I'm always ordering the turtle soup. But then when Pesh opened, for the first time in years, I had gone to the same restaurant more than four times in three months. Mm -hmm. And you realize, wow, some of these guys are really on to something. They are. And we've been craving something. And we want that old New Orleans, and we want our classics, and we want our nostalgia. But then... We want a little, we want to spice it up a little, right, do something exactly. a little different mm -hmm. and have some good variety. And I think we're, we're getting that in the city and we have a lot of it now. We do. We do. Yeah. Well, Anne, I want to thank you so much. This has been so much fun to visit. You're going to have to come back. And uh, like I said, we could talk all day, we could. but I am so pleased to have had another Loyola graduate here <laughs> in the studio. Um, and y'all just a little fun fact. Uh, and did a radio show on the Loyola radio station <laughs> and uh, clearly is good at radio. So thank you, Anne. But if you could just tell our listeners where they can find your column and how they can fo follow you. Well, uh, you can find me and Todd and Brett and Judy and Molly Kimball at NOLA.com backslash eat drink. Uh, we're also launching a new, um, if you love to talk about food, we're launching a new uh, Facebook group page that will be called Where New Orleans Eats. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at NOLA Dining. You can find me on Twitter. At, you can find us on Twitter at NOLA Dining. You can find me on Twitter as well. Very easy to find me if you go to NOLA.com. Eat drink. Just click on our bylines. It gives you all of our social media channels. And we'd love you to follow us. And we want to hear from you. Well, great. Well, you're going to hear a few things, I think, out there. So, Well, thank you for having me. Well, thanks for joining me. You've been listening to WRBH Radio 88.3 FM. This is your host of New Orleans by Mouth, Chef Amy Sins. Until next time, ciao.